Anybody blessed this morning? Good. Two people blessed. Praise God. Let's, let's pray that will change by the time we leave here today. All right. We ready for the word? All right. Listen in. Tell everybody next to you. Callate ya. All right. I like to start with a quote. I'm going to start with something a little different today. I want to read to you something that I found. It's it's a, from a it's a blog actually. It's a poem, and I want you to kind of just just focus with me for for a little bit. Amen. So I'll, I'll let you guys get comfortable. Let everybody come back. This is a blog written by John Lynch from a website called Trueface. Not Two-Face, Trueface.com. Ready? All right. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. That is his name. He is not a concept, a theory, or a theology. He's not a system or a religion. He's not an icon, a figurehead, or a mythical movement leader. He is not an allegory. He is not an ideal. He is not a way of life. He is not a memory. He is not experienced in the past or in the future. He is not a static-drenched echo from a far-off land. He is not once or at one time. He is not less real now than he was to those who can touch him. He is not the property of any denomination or location. He is not a fable created to make children shape up. He is not here more for those on their game. He is not over there, up there, away from here. He is not withheld. He is not unwilling. He is not less here because we haven't called on him enough. He is not a bedtime story. He is not capricious or sporadic. He is not every night and then or on special occasions. He is not only in the miracle. He is not here because you called hard enough. He is not here because you earned it. He is not ever absent. He has not forgotten. He is not weaker, less able than back then. He is not beyond where your prayers reach. He is not vague. He is not here in spirit. He is not here in a metaphor. He is not here in a riddle or a formula. He is not here by wishing he was real. He is here. Right now, fully, completely, He is in you, around you, with you, over you, about you, for you, on time, in the middle of, surrounding you, and the ones you love, in complete power, communicating as clearly as any time in history, doing perfectly to you, for you, by you, thinking about you every moment, walking directly into the middle of your worst day, your worst moment, your worst fear, your worst pain, your loneliness, your doubts, your insecurities security, your sickness, your tragedy, your fragileness, your hope, your joy, your peace, your dreams, your relationships, your love, your longing to have your life count. He is here. 
He is the one who stands over you in the darkest hour. He's lifting you up when you're too exhausted, too devastated, too hopeless, too failed, too compromised, too far gone. He is in this season. He is with you alone driving in the car. He's with the hurting ones you can't get to, the loss you can't comfort, the change you can't stop, the memory of past Christmases you can't bring back. He is here. He's listening to every word. He's forming answers and intimacy stronger than words. He is here in the music that draws your new nature to the sounds of heaven. He is here in the eternal. He is here drawing you to the cross in this very moment to fall down in awe of the endless love He is displaying right now to show you the moment of the resurrection and to bring it Into this moment, he is here to protect you from the despair, the condemning voices, the regrets. He is here to stop you from plodding away out of your marriage. He is here to help you completely find your life after marriage. He is here to show you the new way in this season. He is here to whisper who you are in him and who he is in you. He is here to stroll the lanes with you, hands in pockets, smiling with all the time in the world. He's here to declare your worth. He's here to be glorified, enjoyed, trusted, loved, and worshipped by you right now, right here. He is here. Whether you want him here or not, he is here in all power, doing exactly right. Even when you don't believe it, he's here in the pain you never thought he'd allow. He's here in the yelling at him you never thought you'd ever dare. He is here completely in full person for you and you alone in this moment. He is God with me for you. God with us. God with them. God with the wicked. God with the twisted and the vile all at once. He is with the shivering homeless one, with the starving mother who can't get out to find food. He is unafraid to be present in a world that questions why he allowed, why he doesn't do more, why he doesn't stop it all. He is here and does not deflect our accusations. He is here in our arrogance and in our self-righteous imagining that we care more than he does. He is perfect love poured out and fused in. He is my new name, Christ in me. He is Emmanuel. Good afternoon. God bless you. Have a great day. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) If you're just joining us, we're in the middle of a series titled, Who Do You Say I Am? It came from Matthew 16, but Jesus was with the disciples and he asked them that serious question, Who do you say I am? And like I've said, the goal of this series is to understand who Jesus really is so that we can understand who we really are. Amen? If there's one thing in the body of Christ that we struggle with the most, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this from every angle. I'm, the more people I speak to, the more, the more counseling. Everybody that, that I'm talking to, that I hear, if there's one main issue, if there was the one big stumbling block, the place where most of us lose it, the area where we most struggle with, where we get knocked down the most, the place where we lose most of our battles, it all comes down in its basic form to 
who we are. We have no idea who we are and where we stand in God. I'm going to try to put a dent in that this morning. Amen? See, the enemy's greatest accomplishment, his best trick, his weapons of mass destruction is identity theft. I'm learning more and more that the enemy doesn't mind if we can memorize a couple of scriptures. The enemy, for many of us, he doesn't care if we come to church. He looks at some of us, he said, that guy could come to church Sunday, he could come to prayer Wednesday, he could get baptized every week, and it doesn't make a difference because he doesn't believe those prayers are for him. He doesn't know who he is, and he doesn't know where he stands. He can memorize all day, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, and it doesn't matter because he doesn't believe that the great one is in him. Some of you are sitting here today. You don't believe that. That the great, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You don't believe it or you wouldn't be who you are right now. We can tattoo Romans 8 all over our bodies and all these things. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And we can tattoo it everywhere because we don't believe that we're a conqueror. Why? Because we're so full of guilt and shame for all the mistakes we've made. You don't think that's for you. For other Christians, yeah. Am I talking to anybody? We think for other Christians, yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Put it on a t-shirt. Amen. Throw it on a bumper sticker. For those Christians, amen. But for me, uh, we walk around. Why, why is that? Because we know, uh, you know, if we, <coughs> can we be transparent this morning? If we're real with each other, many of us know we have so many issues that at best we think we're second-rate Christians. At worst, we're pretenders. I'm not going to ask anybody to lift their hands, but if I did, I said if any pretenders in here, I'm sure a couple of us would lift our hands. If any second-rate Christians in here, I'm sure a couple more would raise our hands. We, we walk around with our Christian masks on. We, and we put on that mask that says, I got it all under control. You, you know what that mask looks like. It's a mask that says, I'm good. Family's good. The job is good. Kids are good. Right? Career is good. These jeans are good. This shirt is good. Look at me, my socks are good. Good. Everything's good. Amen? It's a front that we put on. It's a Christian mask that we wear. I've I've noticed even when we risk asking each other how we're doing, we always give the answer that we want to hear back. You you guys hear, right? How you doing, brother? Good? Good? How's the family? Good? How's the kids? The kids are good? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. How's the job? Good, right? Good? The truth is we're scared to leave that question open. Because what if they're not good? Then, then what do we have to say to that? What if you're not good and what if I'm not good? Maybe we're afraid that maybe if you're not good and I'm not good and we're here in church, maybe God's not good. 
I'll confess to you right now, sometimes we feel we have to protect God. Anybody? You ever protect God? Right? Because, because you know He's good. You know, you know, you've had experiences with Him. You know Him. But, but right now, the situation you're in doesn't look too good. Right now, things are looking bad in your life. And so you feel, I, I don't want the people around me to, not, to think that God is not good. And so I, protect, I have to protect God. Come on, the three of us in here? Now, do, do you understand how crazy that sounds? That this lump of dust has to protect God? I, I always made fun of, of, of you know, once I, once I got out of that, all of the Santeros and the Spiritis, I make fun of them all the time because they have saints that they have to feed. I make fun of the, you know, all the other religions that, that they, have, they, they have to set their gods up on an altar and they have to set their gods up in a statue and they have to give them water and they have to give them candles and they have to give them food and they have to give them money. And, and I say, you got to feed your God? <laughs> what kind of God do you have that you have to carry him around and feed him? I serve a God that feeds me. Amen. I serve a God that carries me around. If I have to carry him around, he's no God, I'm his God. So do you realize the pressure that we put on ourselves? But now, I'll tell you, years later, I'm, I, I become a Christian, right? And I start serving God and I start, and, and I have an experience and an encounter with God and you're, you're changed, right? But then you fall back into that same way. You say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right now things are not looking too good. Right now I'm late with two bills. Right now I'm, you know... I can't make the car note right now. Uh, you know, I don't want nobody to know because they know I'm a Christian. And if they think that I'm a Christian and then, and they, then they think that if they're a Christian, that their bills are not going to get, get made. And, and, if they're, and, and we have this thing that, you know, when we're, and I hate this. Can I give you a pet peeve real quick? I hate when people say, oh, you know, when you become a Christian, then, you know, the enemy's after you. That's when everything happens. That's when everything. Come on. Come on. You're making, you're making this, this, this Lucifer who can be one place at one time. He can be one place at one time. Yes, he has demons. He has one third of all the angels that fell with him. One third. We have God. We have God, the creator of the universe, the one that spoke things into existence. And, and, and we think if we start serving God, this puny little devil's after me. And he's going to make life hell for me. He's going to flatten my tires. He's going to make me lose my job. He's going to make everybody hate me. They're all going to hate you. They're all going to laugh at you. Stop saying that. Amen. Amen. And stop putting on Facebook, oh, the devil's after me this week. Are, are you that significant in the kingdom of God that the devil is after you today? He can only be in one place. He can only choose one person to torment. And he's tormenting you? I mean, praise God if you're that strong in the kingdom of God. Amen? But, but let's not play lightly with that kind of language. Amen? So, so, all right, so, so the, the pressures, we have to protect God, and, and it, it's true because we, we think if we let people know that we struggle, then maybe people won't believe that, that His Word is true, and I want people to believe God, I want people to trust you, God, I want people to follow you, I want people to find joy and peace, because God, I know you're real. 
But at times I feel like I have to protect you. Why? Because the truth is, sometimes I am not okay. Can we give each other permission here to say sometimes I'm not okay? And, and you can look and judge and say, you're the pastor. Sometimes I'm not okay. Me. I'm not okay. So sometimes, let's give each other permission to say, sometimes we're not okay. We want to get this thing right. We want to be right with God. We want our marriages strong. We want our kids healthy and walking in the right path. But inside, we carry God like a burden. Come on, I want to lift some stuff off of you today. I want you to leave light today. Too many Christians walk around hunched over like they're 89. Come on. I know some 90-year-olds that stand up straight and walk, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to lift some stuff. We carry God like he's a burden. We see his word as a long list of don'ts and a lot of do's. And when we do the don'ts and don't do enough for the do's, we feel like we've done too much or we haven't done enough. Anybody ever find yourself in the (laughs) doo-doo? I got to do, I can't do, I got to do this, I don't, I don't do enough of this, but I do, I definitely do enough of this that I don't need to be doing, right? And so we, we, we can't get this thing right with God. We get so weighed down with guilt and shame that there are times where we don't even consider ourselves real Christians. Come on, if you've ever said to yourself, I don't even know if I'm a real Christian, just say amen. Amen. Is that real enough for some of you today? Can I give you permissions to take your masks off this morning? Can I give you permission to leave a pause when you ask someone how you're doing? And be ready to invest the next three hours if you have to with that person? Because maybe that's the only reason God brought you here today. It wasn't to hear the word. It wasn't to hear the message. It was to ask that one person, how are you doing? And have that person, give that person the vulnerability that day to just start to cry. To just start to weep. To just start to fall into your arms and say, man, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Can we make this place a sanctuary for real right now? Can we make this place a faker-free fellowship? (laughs) <laughs> a faker-free fellowship. Wouldn't that be amazing? A church that's... Would it, what, look at, listen to this quote. What, what if this could be a place so safe that the worst of me could be known and we would discover that we would be loved no less but more in the telling of it? I did an entire series on this one time called Risking Church. What if we could be fully known and still fully accepted and still fully loved? I release you to tell somebody today, sometimes I'm not okay. Sometimes I'm not okay. I'm not okay, but I'm not down. I'm not okay, but I'm not stopping. I'm not okay, but I'm not out. I'm not okay, but I'm not quitting there. Amen? I'm not giving you permission. I'm not giving anyone permission to say, I'm not okay, and I'm staying this way. Take that someplace else. Amen? 
The realness and the closeness of God is so heavy, it can crush all of that nonsense in your head. And so light, it can lift the heaviest burdens off your back. Listen to this quote from Spurgeon. Jesus loved you when you lived carelessly. When you neglected his word, he loved you. When the knee was unbent in prayer, he loved you. He loved some of you when you were in the dancing saloon. This is, you know, old, old school. When you were in the playhouse, eh? even when you were in the brothel, he loved you. He loved you when you were at hell's gates and drank damnation at every draught. He loved you when you could not have been worse or further from him than you were. He loved you. Let's jump in. If you're taking notes, write this down. Romans 5, 6 to 8. Romans 5, 6 to 8. Starting at 6, it says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died. Let's go deeper. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, understand something. Righteousness in the old covenant was something that we had to earn. If, if we look at the old covenant, <coughs> righteousness, the only way to be righteous was to keep the law perfectly. We had to keep the law, every inch of it, every word of it. You had to keep it perfectly in order to be righteous. You had to earn that. The only way, for 1,500 years, nobody could do it. They covered their sins with sacrifice. For every transgression, there was a covering. The blood of animals covered their sin until Christ came, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. In the new covenant, righteousness is a gift. Somebody say gift. You got to get this. Righteousness is a gift. Say gift. Gift. How many love to get gifts? I love gifts. Righteousness is a gift. It's not something that we can earn. It's called the righteousness of God because Jesus kept the law perfectly. And gave us his righteousness. So it's a gift that's given by grace and received by faith. Given by grace, received by faith. So when we receive by faith the grace gift of righteousness, we become the righteousness of God. So when God sees us, listen, you have to get this. When God sees us, he no longer sees our own righteousness or the little that we try so hard to attain. He sees the righteousness of Christ in us. So when God sees us, he sees us perfect. He, God no longer sees us as sinners. He doesn't see our long list of sins. Somebody going to catch this and be changed today. He doesn't see our long list of sins. He sees us through Christ, so he sees us as saints. 
And, and, and I know we struggle because we, we're still sinners. We still feel, you know, we still sin. We're saints, but we still sin, right? We still make mistakes. We still mess up. And, and I know the feeling. We, we kind of run sometimes in the same pattern. And we, get, we make the same mistakes again and again. And we say, how can we come to God and ask Him to forgive us again for that? And the, the cool thing about that is that the Word says that God blots out our transgressions. That He forgets them. And so when we come to God, even though it was yesterday, when we come to God and we say, God, I did that again. God says, what do you mean again? <laughs> God, I fell there again, God. And God says, what what do you mean again? I don't remember the last time you fell. He said, sure you do, God. It was was an hour ago. (laughs) Of course you do, God. God says, "I, I don't remember. But I'll forgive you your sins. Because you're coming to me in repentance. And my word says... 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us. (laughs) So the truth of the matter, if, if we're in Christ, we are the righteousness of God. I'm not okay, but in God, in Christ, I'm perfect. (laughs) That's the craziest title I ever had in my life. I'm not okay, but I'm perfect. Let that be your slogan from now on. Let that be something you tell yourself. Let it be something you say to yourself every time you start beating yourself up. Listen, I might not be. Sometimes I'm not okay. But I'm perfect. <laughs> Let's back it up and go a little deeper. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I don't know how many of you struggle with this one. Anybody? He is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Understand something. This is a promise for anyone who is in Christ. This isn't for visiting the church. This isn't for someone that's in themselves or in it for themselves. This isn't for someone that's in religion or that's in a denomination. This is for those that are in Christ. For those of you that are in Christ... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, we can argue here all day, and we can say, but I don't feel like a new creation. Anybody? I I still want to do all the old stuff. I don't always feel new. I don't feel this new thing. I don't think I'm new. I don't feel new. Let me tell you what The Rock would say. It doesn't matter what you think. This is who you are. But I don't, it doesn't matter. That's our biggest, our biggest problem, church. It's not a sin problem. It's an identity problem. It's an identity problem. The sin thing will work itself out if we realize who we are. Because we'll start walking different. If we realize who we are and who we are in Christ and who Christ is. Amen? Being a new creation in Christ isn't turning over a new leaf. It isn't getting your act together. How many of you happy like, oh, I got my act together? No, you don't, dummy. You blow it tomorrow. Don't tell nobody that. Because they're going to look and laugh at you next week. It's not about turning over a new leaf. It's not about getting your act together. The life of a new creation is not something God does for us. It's something God does in us. Ah, come on. 
Okay, well, how do I know then what to do and how do I walk like this new creation? Gretchen, that's an awesome question. Thank you for asking that. Because that follows right now in the next, the next verse, 18. It says, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So see, when we believed in God and we accepted the truth of Christ Jesus, we were given a ministry. Somebody say, oh, snap. I didn't know I had a ministry. I didn't know. Uh, Yes. What's your ministry? Let people come to God because they see the love of God in you. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We're called, our ministry is to be reconcilers of, of people to God. How do we do that? We have, they have to see the love of God in me to be reconciled to God. I'm the bridge. You are the bridge. This is amazing. If you get this, this will change your world. You are the bridge. Watch, I'm going to take this a step further. Jesus said, the world would measure our status as disciples by the measure of our love for one another. By this, all will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Watch, watch, watch. 1 John 4, starting in 7. It says, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, that we have loved God, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Verse 17, watch this, it's crazy. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like Him. Can we turn this heat off? It's killing me up here. In this world, I have a thing. Just the heat. In this world, we are like him. Remember I said, I'm the bridge. You're the bridge. In this world, we are like Christ. This is crazy. This will blow your mind. This will stop you from acting like a fool all the time. You are the bridge. It says, in this world, we are like him. Surely that that version must have messed up. Let's go to the message. The message says, so that we're free of worry on judgment day, our standing in this world is identical with Christ's. Our standing is identical with Christ's. We are that bridge. Now, surely the message is way off. Let's go back further. Let's go to the King James. Let's take it old school. Amen? Herein is our love made perfect so that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is, so are we in this world. As He is, so are we. Me and you, we are Christ in this world. As He is, so are we. Our standing is identical to His. That's what the Word says. Check it out. 
I'm not okay, but I'm perfect. I'm not okay, but I'm like him in this world. I'm not okay, but as he is, so am I in this world. I might fall, but he picks me up. I still struggle, but I'm saved. I may not be okay, but sometimes in Christ, always, I'm perfect. I got one more little piece, but worship team, come. Watch this. Watch this. This is crazy right now. If you didn't see it yet, you're going to see it right now. Some of us wrestle. We said, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't feel like a new creation. I still do the same things. I don't, I don't feel this thing. I, I can't possibly say that I am like Christ in this world. I can't. Why? You can't say it because you, you don't understand that you haven't received it yet. But, but that's what the word says. I'm not, this is not deparate that I'm making up. I gave it to you in three different versions. Go look up in the other 19 versions what it says. Look it up for yourself. Maybe I lost my mind. But if the word says that, then you better start acting like the word says that. Amen? If this isn't my idea, my idea you can wrestle with and you can question. I give you full permission to do that. But if the word says I am like him here, then, then, then I better start acting like him here. As he is, so am I. Now watch this. I may not look like it right now. Tell somebody, I may not look like it right now. Come on, tell your wife. Tell your husband, your boyfriend, your friend, your BFF, text somebody. I may not look it right now, but I'm perfect. (laughs) God's love is being perfected in me. We can say, but pastor, I don't feel it. Sometimes I don't see it. Sometimes I feel like that's not me. Watch, watch, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to close with this. Consider, put that picture up for me. Consider the caterpillar. Oh, man. Some of you could close in prayer and leave. You already got it. I read this in a book, but I'm going to preach it like it's mine. If we took a caterpillar to a scientist or a biologist and we asked him to analyze it and describe its DNA, he could probably come back and say, I know this looks like a caterpillar right now. (laughs) Come on, you got it, you got it right there, you got it. I know this looks like a caterpillar right now, but scientifically, according to every test and all the research and every finding, this is fully and completely a butterfly. (laughs) It may not have its wings yet. Maybe that's why the word says those that wait upon the Lord. will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. It might not have his wings yet, but it hasn't matured yet. See, the the caterpillar, it, it might not look like a butterfly, but the caterpillar has the DNA of a butterfly. 
So a caterpillar is a butterfly that hasn't come into full maturity yet. <laughs> That's heavy, man. That'll rock your world. So even in nature, God wired into this creature. Put that, put that caterpillar back up. Because a lot of us can't identify with the butterfly. We can identify with the caterpillar. That thing is ugly. And we can rock our Sunday clothes and we can put on our Sunday best, but we know we ugly. We know we could go from zero to ugly and... So a caterpillar is a butterfly that hasn't come into full maturity yet. Even in nature, God wired into this creature that looks nothing like a butterfly, a perfect and complete butterfly identity. (laughs) So because the caterpillar is a butterfly, it'll one day display the behavior and attributes of a butterfly. The caterpillar matures into what is already true about it. Somebody get this deep inside you. You can talk about the ugly caterpillar all you want, but beating it up because it's not a butterfly just yet is pointless. Come on, caterpillar, say amen. You can beat it up all you want. You can say, you don't act like a butterfly. You don't fly like a butterfly. You don't look like a butterfly. You, you don't respond like a butterfly. You don't take off like a butterfly. You're not beautiful around me like a butterfly. But you have the identity of a butterfly in you. See, God, God has given us the DNA of righteousness. We are saints. Even though we walk around like sinners. Nothing we do will make us more righteous than we already are in Him. Beating ourselves up because we haven't matured yet is pointless. (coughs) Now I feel like I had to throw this in here. Please understand. I'm not giving you license to be all about not being okay. Meaning... I don't have to work on myself. I don't have to make changes in my life. Of course you do. I'm not going to be easy on sin, so relax. Those of you that were ready to write me emails, hold off sending it yet, because I'm going to make you look dumb if you do right now. Of course you have to work on yourself. I don't have to, you, you, you can't say I don't have to make changes in my life. Of course you do. You are a new creation that hasn't come into full maturity yet. That means you don't stay the same way. You keep growing. That means you continue to press on toward maturity. That means if you need help, you get help. That means if you need to make changes where changes need to be made, then make those changes. That means you can't stay the same as you were before Christ. Some of us take this grace thing and we get stupid with it. No, you are, you're walking toward maturity. That doesn't mean, oh, God loves me just the way I am. I can do whatever I want. No. 
You're a new creation. You have the identity of him. As he is, so are you on this world. That means if, if you're a cheater, then be faithful. If you're a liar, then be truthful. If you were selfish, then be selfless. If you were stingy, be generous. If you were nasty, be loving. We still got to work out this salvation. Amen? I'm just letting you know so you don't have to pretend anymore. So you don't have to beat yourself up anymore. You don't have to try to earn God's righteousness. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you mess up, you first John 1.9 it. You repent and you keep it moving. You have all the God in you that you're ever going to get. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Would you turn to somebody and say, I'm not okay, but I'm perfect. If this, if this, if this, if this sat, sat in you and stirred something up, I want you to stand and be counted today. If something clicked in you today that said, if, if you received the permission today to not be okay, but to keep trying, to keep pressing, to keep moving into, walking into your new identity, then, then, then it's a good idea to stand today. As we worship, let's, let's consider the butterfly. <laughs> God is so awesome that he can use anything to... Show us a picture of who we are in Him. Come on, church, let's worship.